This is the Transform Podcast by Senior Housing News. I'm reporter Nick Andrews. In this episode, we welcome Scott Goldberg to the program. Scott is co-founder and president of Atlas Senior Living, a Birmingham, Alabama-based senior living operator with 32 communities in its portfolio. Scott talks about overhauling management, growth in uncertain economic times, and a tough way to start a Monday. And welcome to the Transform Podcast by Senior Housing News. I am reporter Nick Andrews, and I'm joined by Scott Goldberg of Atlas Senior Living. And this recording uh, got pushed around for a couple of times. And one of the reasons it got pushed was because you had a little insight on the home front. So I, I, first thing I want to get into is, how are you doing? And you just want to update us as to what happened. It was a great way to, uh, to start the week off. Got a phone call at about 6.30 yesterday morning. Yesterday as in Monday. And our property manager, uh, long story short, said, I think every computer and uh, a lot of adult beverages uh, in the bar area downstairs in the break room are, are gone. And I, I think you I think you were broken into. And I was like, yeah, it sounds like we were broken into. But but look, it was uh, stuff happens. And yeah. so had the privilege of starting uh starting the week off in the corporate office trying to uh figure out a quick way to get about 15 to 18 computers here quickly and we'll figure out the adult beverages later but yeah we are all of our drawers uh in our in our individual uh private offices were ransacked and a few credit cards a few gift cards and just some weird knickknacks were uh were, were taken uh we were uh, we did have the good fortune of recovering most of everything. There's a they found one of the two individuals, but a lot of the items that were stolen from the office were hidden about a quarter of a mile from the office in bushes. I'll, I'll spare you the story there, but we were able to recover most of everything. Now most of the computers were uh, damaged from a. Uh, from a cosmetic standpoint, but I guess I yeah. should give uh, I guess I should give Apple a plug here. It rained all weekend, which the computers were in those elements, and the few that we plugged in were were working like a champ. So big shout out to to Apple. That's crazy. Sur- survived forty eight hours. What we think is forty eight hours of of intense rain and and just people just throwing the computers on the ground with massive uh, massive scratches and and. You can't even really can't even uh, really look at it, but no, they powered on and all the information was there. So I'm glad nothing. More importantly, I'm glad none of the information. Yeah. was still, I, I don't know what they would have what they would have done with it. I mean, maybe they could have improved senior housing for us. I, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> but no. Uh, well, that's so that, such a tough way to start the week, man. I know. Probably a good segue to uh, what we're about to jump in, but it's, yeah, it's we we like to say it's kind of. You know, whenever we get stressed at the corporate office, uh, we we quickly remind ourselves or others, you know, our stress is nothing like the stress that occurs on the community level. So, this unfortunate break in and dealing with it all is uh, is, is kind of in a, in a weird way, kind of like the the day in the life of the community level managers, right? Every every day they 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 get to a community, they're 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 thrown a unique curveball. So this that was our unique curveball yesterday. Yeah, no kidding. And I guess uh, brings you together as a corporate office and it, it kind of makes you empathize with things. It keeps you on your toes a little bit. I mean, that's such a 
creepy violation of a personal space, I guess I would imagine they got the Apple computers and couldn't get into them and then just trashed them and thought, well, this is pointless now. And the fact that you recovered anything and the fact that anybody who was caught is crazy, that seems to never be the case. But yeah, I guess we'll say segue into senior living and just remind uh, everybody that you live in the world. And um, in case you've forgotten, 2020 stuff does, the stuff does happen, it's, it would appear. Absolutely. Let's go with some forward-looking stuff and and talk about Atlas. What 2023 is going to look like for you right now and in, in 2024. We've been reporting a lot that that from a development standpoint, capital is hard to find. The supply chain is weird. It seems every day that we're entering a recession as a country, but apparently we're not quite in a recession yet. So just tell me about senior living in 2023 and, and about Atlas in 2023. So. I guess, you know, I should start with at the end of the day, the regardless of who you are, the DNA of, of an acquisition or a ground up development. I mean, it, it starts and ends with your capital stack, right? So one thing that we are very unique in is, is our capital stack. And, and what I mean by that is we have never, I shouldn't say never, 99% of our acquisitions and ground up developments the capital stack is, is is it's us it's the principles of atlas and and a few other high net worth individuals that round off our capital stack so obviously why is that important it's because in times like this it's a it's an advantage right we're not we're not a victim of what i would call almost a complete standstill in the capital markets. At the end of 22, really going into 23, it's hard to uh, advance the ball when when you're relying on your traditional true private equity, your traditional sources of capital, right? We are, we are the complete opposite of that. So for us, it's, uh, it's been, we've got to be careful. And, and I say this uh, with the utmost caution, but because of that, our capital stack makeup, it's a, it's a great opportunity for us. And we're definitely, again, being of utmost cautious for all the other challenging variables that are facing our industry right now, specifically the debt market. We see our capital stack makeup as an opportunity, and we're definitely, um, definitely trying to swing the bat and get some smart growth where we see a good fit. Yeah, so I guess if if uh, if there's opportunity right now, then you want to be aggressive, but you also don't want to be crazy because the economy's up, the economy's down, but it always seems to be in growth mode at some point. So if there's an opportunity, how do you make sure that you don't metaphorically get over your skis to make sure that you're doing something smart and aggressive? You know, it's really I apologize for the uh, the vanilla answer here, but I mean, it's we're really still doing the same blocking and tackling that we did from the beginning, which is, and, and everybody says it, I, I'd like to say not everybody always lives it, right? When you see some, some deals that somehow get underwritten and, and, and get through, but, you know, because we're signing, you know, because the principles of Atlas, the, the company that comes in and operates, you know, we're also the ones that are underwriting these deals. And, you know, we're the ones we're, we've got significant skin in the game. As I mentioned earlier, it's, you know, our capital stack is friends and family and we're signing my business partner and I were signing the debt. I mean, it, it's really it, for us, it's the same very conservative 
pen to paper and 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 that's what we've got to live by right because because then atlas has got to come in and and make everything that we underwrote become a reality right so we got to reduce it from theory to reality and we're we're right there metaphorically obviously with the gun to our head to make sure that from the beginning to the middle to the end comes to fruition i think that's kind of uh just by default makes you insanely conservative right because you can see how the sausage is made and and uh you know that's what you're subscribing to and getting a few others to subscribe to as well now the past six months as we've gone through our traditional process it's definitely because of what's going on in the debt market you know deals that were making sense uh, a year ago specifically with ground ups i mean and really acquisition as well unless it's an assumption Unless it's an agency assumption, it's it's look, it's hard. It's it's hard to get a deal to pencil in a healthy way. So you know, it's uh, you know, I, I couldn't throw out a a percentage of what I would call deal flow that gets thrown in the in the garbage, but I can tell you, it's significant. You know, these past yeah. what I would what I would consider the the past six months compared to previous few years, it's a challenge and. And I think uh, I think that challenge of getting a deal to paper is, I mean, it, it's here to stay for for 2023. I mean, yeah. Eventually, the uh, the metaphorical uh, sun has to rear, right? I mean, it's got to come out eventually. But you know, I, I mean, it's we're in the middle of it, and and look, just like everything else, it, you know, it's it's cyclical, and where you can get a deal. To, to make sense in 2023, I th- you know, again, whether it's an acquisition or, or development, specifically, again, development here, but where you can get a deal to make sense, I, I, while it's very hard and difficult, it is a huge advantage. Yeah, I can, I can imagine that um, it, it just sets you apart. It's a bit of a differentiator, if you will. Let, let's talk about the current portfolio. Uh, last time I spoke with your your co-founder and CEO of the organization, Wyman. Is it Wyman Hamilton? Did I get that right? Yes. Correct. Yes. Wyman, Wyman Hamilton. Hamilton. He told me that there, a community was expected to open, I think, now-ish in, in Florida. Is that community open? <laughs> now-ish is the exact answer. We, we opened... Uh, that community actually opened a week from yesterday. So last, uh, last Monday. We moved in our first wave of uh, patrons, as we call. We moved in our first residents. It was a beautiful day in Venice, Florida. It was a, it was a great day for Atlas. So, tell me what other openings you guys have on the docket this year. Yeah, absolutely. So, obviously, um, as we just talked about, uh, we were excited to last Monday open 167 unit community and in, in beautiful Venice, Florida, right outside of uh, right down the road. Uh, from Sar- downtown Sarasota, we have a another deal that we should close as an acquisition, assumable agency deal. I can't tell you the the city. I can tell you that it's right in uh, in the heart of our geography, in the in, right here in the Sun Belt. Um, mm-hmm. So we're we're excited about that. We should close on it uh, mid April, um, which will add eighty two units. 
through our portfolio and, and it's a great fit, great addition. Internally in our portfolio next month, we are in our trustful community. We are adding on uh, in an assisted living community. We are adding on memory care in trustful Alabama. In Hudson, Florida, we plan to open, uh, and I actually think for once, a construction date will be hit. Fall of 2023, we're opening 64-unit ALMC with our JV partner out of Jacksonville, Florida, Rimrock. They've been uh, amazing partners. This is, this is our, sorry, this is our first deal with them. Very excited about that. Georgetown, Texas. Fall of 2023, 251 units. There is four community portfolio in Kentucky, which is all I can say right now that we plan to an acquisition that we plan to take over in in June. McDonough, Georgia. We just took down the land two or three weeks ago. Everything's kind of running together. I apologize. Uh, 2024 scheduled uh, opening date. I think I mentioned McDonough, Georgia. You did. So very, very excited about the McDonough market. It's, I'll comment on that for a second. It's going to be uh, 86 unit AL MC, Maine and Maine. That market, all the boxes that have to, to be checked in our in our little uh, Atlas universe to for what we think are, are good conservative decisions to green light a deal. McDonough is one of those uh, in spades. Very very excited to be a part of that that community. It's a great community, but not just not not just the community, just the the, the growth that's going on there is just eye opening. So. Excited to be there. And, and as we were talking about earlier, McDonough is really one of those only deals that I see us closing on in 2023 that really was, you really had to sharpen the pencil from an underwriting standpoint. Again, as I, as I mentioned earlier, the capital market piece is an advantage for us right now. For sure. all the reasons I told you about earlier, but we still had to navigate the much uh, taller mountain, which is the debt market. And we were able to, you know, do what we needed uh, to do there. And, and, and in our opinion, hopefully we're not making a mistake on, on, on paper here. But uh, there's a lot, as I, again, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of deals that, uh, that, that unfortunately land in the trash can because we can't make them makes sense because of what's going on in the debt market. McDonough is is not one of those casualties. And so a great example to answer your earlier question about the McDonough deal is a great example of one of those. And and I feel like where you can get comfortable and make it make sense. I think uh, while there's not a lot of supply, a, a lot of new supply coming on, knock on wood, uh, hopefully this McDonough community will be a success story for everyone. So you said you had to sharpen your pencils and I understand, I, I guess, the lingo, but any details you can provide on how, how you got that done? Maybe any, any sort of example um, that you can give me? Just, just to, how did it happen? Well, you know, without sharing uh, and boring everyone with getting into the, <laughs> sure. uh, yeah, yeah. the minutiae of, of going back and forth with our lender, at the end of the day, 
you know, where I felt like we had to be a little different here to get them more comfortable and get them to start thinking creatively, because that's what happened. This is from a, the debt market cooperating with us in a creative manner is how this deal got done. And, and in my opinion, you know, getting them to the site, really opening our underwriting books, sharing some real time uh, assumptions that we made and, you know, because they're digging into more than ever, right? They're, they're looking at yeah. everything, you know, their, their loan committee is more involved than ever. Right. So all those factors that have always existed, it, they're just enhanced now. And so the more you can get the producer in this case on the, on the debt side in our camp signed, signed off and, and really following what we're doing and really not just buying into our assumptions, on a look forward basis, but we really kind of waited until we've got into deep into February to kind of show our rent increases, for example, throughout our portfolio coming to fruition. So what their committee maybe was a little pessimistic or, or questioning towards the end of the year, as we were trying to really get this, this uh, McDonough deal pushed, we kind of hit the pause button for a second and said, you know what? Don't listen to us tell you what we think is going to happen. For example, with the the reality of rate increases, we'll we'll open our books. To, uh, we'll you know we'll sh- we'll share our rent roll. We'll share everything with our existing portfolio, and you can use that as a comp as as much as you like and balance what we're saying. We think this uh, this deal is going to do on a on a go forward basis. And and look at everyone, every everyone across the board in the senior housing world are getting these uh, rate increases. And for this specific bank, who's not a big player in the senior space to, to kind of see, you know, that theory become a reality in our own portfolio, they could kind of buy into quickly where we were heading. And in return, that helped them, right? As I mentioned earlier, that helped them sure. get more creative on what we needed to do, on what we needed to do from a lender to get this deal penciled and in process. So, does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just kind of wanted to go into some, like how, you know, the, the best ways that, to go about a deal like this. That was the biggest example is us not doing what we typically do, which we send them the book, we hop on a call, we talk about it. It's actually physically getting them to the site with us, yeah. not just the, the lender checking a box, right? And saying, oh, they saw the site. It's uh, getting them in the community, really, really kind of making and forcing them to be exposed to our own internal underwriting process, which uh, that's what got it over the got it over the finish line. We still got to get a shovel on the ground, but we're <laughs> but we're we're there. We're we're very yeah. close. Well, that's that's good. I, I wanted to pivot and, and talk to you uh, something a little bit more uh, philosophical. We're we're interested in the current, I guess, growth difference between independent living and active adult compared with assisted living and memory care. So as a as an operator the unit mix has to provide some advantages, but also some risks. So if you tell me like financially and just from a long-term growth perspective, how important is it to have mixed units and what kind of advantages does it afford you to carry both uh, assisted living and independent living? And of course, the other asset classes that you have. So right now, assisted living, any needs-based level is obviously way more attractive very safe compared to a want 
which is independent living. I, I think they all have an application. I think it still goes, I think it still goes back. Um, you know, people always ask, what, you know, do you like one more, one, one level more than the other? And absolutely not. I think it's market specific. I think it's community specific. I think, uh, you know, I think it's company specific. We are a big believer in certain markets that a, you know, bringing the new shiny penny AL, you know, 60 to 80 unit ALMC is, is the right fit for us in, in that specific market. And then, you know, we also feel like uh, the future and not just the future, but the, the present right now in certain markets that fit what we do well is bringing in those a, a much larger independent living product type with the smaller assisted living and an even smaller memory care. So that, that right, that community is recognized as an independent living community. But if you need assisted living or if you need memory care, it's, it's there as well. It's so hard to answer that question. And our philosophy is if you have that answer, I sometimes believe or if you're dead set on that answer, you're sometimes, you know, maybe opening yourself for a mistake versus what's the right fit for that market. And does that fit your company? Does that fit Atlas? I think that's the first question. And that's how you should go about, in my opinion, your attitude of whether you're, you're, you're bullish on a certain product type. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's, I, yeah, it, it's sure. the, to me, it's the complete opposite, right? That you know, the, the funnel should somewhat be up, turned upside down. Is it a, is it a good market fit, and does it also fit your you know does it also fit app and what you're trying to do? Again, to give a little bit more answer to your question, of course, as, as I mentioned earlier, anything that's needs based is definitely gonna in this current climate and where we're. And where we're headed right now, of course, you've got some natural protection there. I think there's, you read all the, uh, the demographic trends and by 2030, you know, every boomer will be 65 plus, you know, the, every one American turns 73 every second. I mean, you can go on and on and on and defend all the levels on where the future's heading. I don't know which, uh, you know, I don't know which ones, you know, which demographic stat is the, the most accurate. All I can tell you is we, we see this huge growth of this boomer population. It's the best is yet to come, right? I mean, people are living longer, obviously. I mean, I read something the other, the other day where life expectancy at 65 went from 11.9 from 65 to over 20 years. And, and increasing every year. So, I mean, look, I mean, it doesn't matter which demographic stat you want to put your, your finger on. Clearly, uh, we are just now getting into, excuse the phrase, but the, the meat and potatoes of this, this huge silver tsunami. So you can, again, you can make a case for it all. I just, I just feel like you got to kind of turn the funnel upside down and, Stick to your own company's knitting, which is what to be repetitive. What does what does that market need, and how does that fit your company? And sure. that that's where the decision should be made. And you know, you see, uh, and I get it. I understand. I respect it. Regarding active adult, you see the you see the mad 
dash and the and the and and for some companies you see the pivot of trying to figure out how to have a foot into the active active adult world and and we we're definitely watching it we've got a close eye on it we have not quite jumped in yet because of everything i just said i mean you know we got to make sure it's the it's the it's the right fit for your company as well and and so i, I really do not have a uh, a comment to answer your question on my opinion sure. of active adult. I mean, we're just kind of learning and and watching that new entry into, into as I like yeah. to call it into into senior housing. But I mean, I, I de- obviously I definitely get it. I think there's application, um, but I really have no further comment about active adult in to answer your question. Sure. So yeah, I mean, it's a it's a tough world. It's an interesting world that we live in with all of the. The differences, and you see, you know, fifty-five and over housing, but it, you know, the average age there may not be anywhere near fifty-five, of course. So it's something that we're keeping an eye on. You mentioned what uh, is good for Atlas and and how you kind of see the world. Obviously, talked to uh, Wyman Hamilton earlier in the year and and learned about some some leadership overhauling and some oh yeah, uh, I guess philosophy tightening. Can you tell me how you overhaul leadership? What it means and and how like what would your advice be to a company that would be going through that? soon uh having just gone through it very healthy topic um (laughs) internally with atlas wyman touched on it earlier when you guys were visiting as well but at the end of the day i mean when we look back at the birth of atlas and where we were heading and wanting to grow as a company you know while we were capitalizing us as the principals were also capitalizing deals and and very involved and invested on the on the deal side at the end of the day we knew that success would start and end with the operations i mean everything that we from day one invested in our growth really was the nucleus of that was around how can we better support our communities from human capital uh, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, the key point of those decisions revolved around the operating company. So leadership is first and foremost, the most important piece. And you talk about overhauling leadership. I'd, I'd like to say, I think, I think that empowering your executive director, which is the most important position and our company, corporate office included, obviously, giving those individuals the support and tools to allow them to to make real-time decisions, to give them the autonomy to make good decisions and bad decisions, right? You got to give the same support um, for for both types of decisions. And that, I hate to be cliche, in vanilla or however you want to describe it, but we put so much time and energy into trying to do the best we can do at the community level, hiring that executive director and, and empowering them. They're the, they're the captains of the ship and they do not need to pull out an Atlas playbook to figure out how to get through their day. We need to hire the right people, the right leaders that want to truly not just talk about it, but be the captain of the ship. And to answer your question from a leadership standpoint, I feel like 
from a corporate, you know, not just the corporate office and providing support, but also our regional travelers, whether it's clinical sales or operations. I mean, our goal and mission is not to to show up to a community, tell people what they're doing right or doing wrong. It's really to go in there and, and offer support. When someone from the corporate office slash regional team, we shouldn't, a visit from us should be viewed as a positive and good thing uh, at the community level, not, oh my God, it's another one of these people from the, you know, from the corporate office. And, you know, those leaders in the community should be excited that we're there if we're doing our job right. And, you know, it's a, it's a daily check for us, right? Among, among our people, you know, we, we, we've got to make sure that, that we're doing our job to empower those leaders. And again, it's not something you say, it's something, it's something you do. Sure. Yeah. No, no question. And going through this process, how, uh, how confident were you in, in your ability to do that? And then also, what, what did you learn along the way about maybe how you would do things differently? Or, or like, cause I, I imagine that, especially coming out of COVID, it's a constant learning experience. You're constantly remolding yourself on the base of a couple you know, core tenets of who you are. But how, do you, how, do you, how did you learn during this process? Yeah, no, great, great question. And I'd say the, the biggest thing is the biggest thing that I've learned through this style is you think you've got this great culture and, and, and I, and I know we do, I think we do. And you've, you know, it's great that you're, you're, you're attracting the right people you think, and you're empowering these, but the truth is you don't always get it right. Right. And what I mean by that is it's not for everyone. And so when you get the, when you don't have the right seats on the bus per se, it, you get exposed quickly because you know, some people need need to come into their office and open up that playbook that says at eight o'clock you should be doing X and at nine o'clock you should be doing Y, right? Sure. So that's the biggest thing that I've learned is everybody says they want that autonomy. Everybody says they want that quote unquote, they want to be the captain of the ship. They just want to be supported. You know, everybody says that, but not everybody has the skill set nor the character traits to actually pull that off. And, you know, as gatekeepers of the company, you've got to, you know, you got to own that and respond and react to that quickly. So to answer your question, that's, I mean, it sounds simple, but that's one of the biggest things we've learned because those, if you don't respond and react quickly in our culture slash process, those, uh, those mistakes uh, can be magnified quickly. Sure. Yeah, no question. So we're, we're running out of time. I kind of wanted to wrap up with some personal stuff and just get to know you a little bit. I uh, want to know about your journey from, say, college or high school, sometimes uh, that early, into senior living. Who mentored you? How did you learn about the business? And, and tell me about the genesis of, of you being part of, the, uh, part of the niche. Absolutely. So I got exposed to senior housing the same, pretty much the same timeline that Atlas came into the senior housing world. I met, uh, I have uh, worked and been exposed to the real estate, commercial real estate slash transactional world, was selling a business. And again, very long story short, was pursuing my executive uh, MBA. And lo and behold, uh, there was a guy named Wyman Hamilton, who was 
who had, uh, as, as you know, has senior housing as senior housing operations is all he's ever done. And he was working for a, uh, very large senior housing company and, and had to his credit moved moved up quickly and was getting further and further, uh, removed from the, from the community day-to-day activity. Next thing I know, executive MBA uh, turned into senior housing 101 as he was becoming a little disenfranchised with his company and really wanting to go do his own thing. Saw me and identify, you know, someone that was selling a business and kind of understood the capitalization and transaction world. And, and was, as, as he likes to say, I was, uh, the entrepreneur. And so we kind of married our, uh, skill sets and gave birth to Atlas 10 years ago. That was kind of my introduction into senior housing. I was just trying to pay attention and get a higher, higher degree. I didn't, I didn't know it was going to turn into the the birth of a senior housing (laughs) uh, company, but look, Wyman's the best. I I give him a hard time and tell him he's a one trick pony, but it's a damn good (laughs) trick. You know, at the, at the end of the day, senior housing, is in the real estate, if you all the real the commercial real estate verticals, senior housing is by far the most complicated, in my opinion. And as I mentioned earlier, the, the game is truly won with the operations. You know, everything else matters, but operations is 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 what's gonna make the A to Z venture work, right? And you know, while he is he was a veteran when we started, right? And and obviously hmm. still is. And I was the newbie. The one thing that, you know, I would never take a back seat to and and the one thing that we uh had in common was building how to build a company, what we what we felt like it was was needed to to build a successful team. And the again, I hate to use the word culture now because everybody uses it. I still think it's something you do, it's not something you say, it's how you make someone feel. And while, you know, I was a complete newbie to, to senior housing and at, at that time, um, although I'd, I'd like to say 10 years into it, I've learned a little, little of the blocking and tackling. But the one thing we've always had alignment with and, and continues today and something that we monitor on a daily basis is our team. That's the most important piece. And, yeah. and, and what I contribute a lot of our success to is, is we truly in a healthy way are so aligned in that pursuit. Well, Scott, I think I can hear in your voice. We talked the day after you were broken into and I could hear in your voice that you seem to be quite a bit less stressed out as the situation <laughs> seems to have resolved itself. And, and we appreciate you being patient and, and joining us on the podcast today. So thank you so much for coming on. Nick, thanks for having us. Appreciate all that you guys do for for our industry. You guys do great stuff and and, and good to catch up and, and hope, yeah, hope to see you soon. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Nick. Bye.